0: بسم الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد Alhamdulillah, in the previous sitting last night, yesterday evening, we covered the chapter, uh, the whole chapter of Hadith in relation to Luzuma Sunnah, meaning, Bab al Sunnah, which was the the Bab of the eighth chapter. And so now we go on to the Bab of Bab from the Bab al Sadis, we go on now to Bab al the seventh chapter. And this uh, chapter again that goes by the name of Baab Luzum Sunnah, the adherence to the Sunnah. A chapter in the adherence to the Sunnah but If you like Ta'ala, we'll cover just one hadith from this chapter, inshallah. And Sheikh Obed he mentions in the in the beginning of this chapter, I mentioned to this Wahdi Tadu Jima Laysa Ma'aya بل هي متممة لها معقده لما أفادت نصوصها، فتلك خاصة ويُرى بها ما يقابل القرآن، وهذه عامة والمرار بها الطريقة، وكان المصنف رحمه الله قصد الدعوة إلى اللزوم السنة عامة فلا يسوق لأحد مخالفتها والله أعلم. نعم وقد ذكر مصنف رحمه الله جملة من أحاديث وأثار. So Sheikh Obaid, he mentions in relation to, them, to the title of this chapter, because the title of this chapter is similar or the same as the previous title. So the title of chapter 6, the the 6th chapter, is the same as the 7th. And Sheikh Obaid, he mentions that this, it's not one which is indif- that differentiates from the previous chapters. This chapter, the seventh, does not differentiate from the previous. Rather, it's a completion it's a completion of that which has come previously, and rather it adds emphasis to what has come previously as well. Now by way of that which is brought about benefit from the source, from the text. And what is meant by this sunnah is in relation to the Quran. Na'am the sunnah which is the Quran. And so the previous chapter is in relation to the Zulma sunnah adhering to the sunnah, i.e. that which is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, i not the Qur'an. Whilst here, the murad, the intent, is the lazum al-sunnah. I adhere into a tareeqa, a particular way. Nam no doubt the sunnah. If we're talking about no sunnah, generally, as a tareeqa, then this is something which is encompassing and comprehensive of the kitab and the sunnah, the Quran and the sunnah. نعم. and so. The Musannif, the offer intends by way of that the, the da'wa in adhering to the Sunnah, generally. And so it's not possible and it's not permissible for anyone to deviate away from that, from that Sunnah. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Because the, the, the author, has mentioned a group of Ahadith, general Ahadith, and... آثار نوريشن أصدر فارس حديث إنسان مين حديث عن أبي هريره عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من دعا إلى هدى كان له من, أجور من, من تبعه لا ينقص ذلك من شيئا. ومن دعا إلى كان عليه من And this is a hadith which is also found in Sahih Muslim. hadith which is also found in Sahih Muslim. And this is a hadith which is similar to another hadith found in Sahih Muslim as well, which is the hadith of Jareer. رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من سن في الإسلام سنة حسنة فله أجرها وعجل من عمل بها بعده من غير أن ينقص من أجورهم شيء شيئا شيئا ومن سن في الإسلام سنة سيعة كان عليه وزرها ووزر ورزر من عمل بها من, من بعده so this narration, this first hadith is a hadith narrated by Abi Horeirah anhu. And Abu Horeirah is who? What's his name? Ad-Dossi. al Rahman Ibn Sakhar ad Naam And is he from the first and foremost of the Sahaba? Yeah, those that the mid hijra? No. So he's not from those that made hijrah. No. So he's not from the first and foremost. No. So he's not from the first and foremost of the Sahaba, however. He didn't make hijrah to Medina at a later date. Tayyib, a later date, and that later date was when? Four years before the death of Prophet, which is which date then? Which year of Hijrah. Seventh. Naam, the seventh year of Hijrah. Abu Harerah. radiallahu <laughs> <laughs> anhu, Traveled to the Medina, Abdurrahman, Ibn Sakhar, al-Dawsi, and Abu Huraira was from the Muqthireen <laughs> al-Sohaba, this is something that any of the brothers that are uh, sitting in the roofs in London, they know this is something I ask, mirana wa takrara, constantly and repetitively, that the Muqthirin al Sahaba, first and foremost, who are they? What qualifies someone that's been from Muqthirin Sahaba? Has been from the Muqthirun al Sahaba. Narrated over 1,000 hadith. Na'am narrated over 1,000 hadith. So the Muqthirun, the Sahaba, are the Sahaba that narrated over 1,000 hadith. Abu Huraira is from them. How many are there? Seven. Who are they? <in speaking of spoken language> Abu Hurairah is one. Ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar is one. A second. Jabir so. on on ibn Abdillah, Ibn Abdillah, Ibn Abdillah. Aisha, Ibn Abdillah, Ibn Abdillah. Abu Saeed, al Khudri, Ibn Abdillah. Abdullah ibn Abbas, Ibn Abdillah. Anas ibn Malik Anas ibn Malik. Naam. Did everyone get them? Did everyone get them? No. خلاص we can repeat them for the brother. Abu Huraira. أمم. Abdullah ibn Umar. Aisha. Jabir ibn Abdullah. نعم. Abdullah ibn Abbas. نعم. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, and Anas ibn Malik, yes. This is a hadith narrated by Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, and he states that the Messenger of Allah, said that whoever calls to huda, huda, then he has the reward of that or of the rewards of that of the one who follows him without the reward of any of the two of them being deficient any of them being deficient Hmm? and whoever calls to Dalala whoever calls to misguidance, then upon him is the sin Naam Upon him is the sin, and the sins of those that follow him in that, without the sins of any of them being rendered deficient And so this is hadith no doubt, of course, which is found in Sunan Abi Dawud and also mentioned in Sahih Muslim And you have the other narration which is similar to that, as we mentioned the narration of Jirir in which the the Messenger of Allah, the Prophet said that whoever establishes a Sunnah in Islam Naam establishes a Sunnah in Islam and it's a good Sunnah then he has the Ajr of that action and the reward of whoever acts upon it after him without it being rendered deficient of anyone any of the two of them, the one that's acting and the one who, who established it and the one who's acting upon it And whoever brings into Islam an evil sunnah That he has the evil deed of that affair of bringing it into Islam And the evil deeds of those that follow him in that Without it being rendered deficient for any of the two of them so this hadith, the second hadith, where it mentions here We have a sun, sunnah for Islam, sunnah to hasana That brings about a good sunnah in Islam How can someone bring about a good sunnah in Islam When the sunnah is already established? Are they Naam, Bringing about and reviving a sunnah A sunnah that is already established upon haqq Established from the Messenger of Allah. However, you're calling to that khayr So the individual calls to that sunnah, calls to the khayr Now I'm called cool to that which has already been established by the Nabi alayhi salatu salam, then this is what we understand by way of a sunnah hasana for Islam. What sunnah sayya for Islam, of course we're not going to say that this is a sunnah, this is something from Islam, but what is meant by that is one. It will have it or something. It will be a khas more specifically. Bidah, innovation. There's someone that brings about innovation, and the first narration maybe explains that further. For the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a narration of Abu Huraira discusses and describes it. The first one as huda. Now, I know that the huda is from the Messenger of Allah so there's one that's reviving the Sunnah by way of bringing about that which is just way of Huda and the way of or the Sunnah which is Sayyya he describes it in the first hadith as misguidance Naam no doubt every innovation is a misguidance Now so Sheikh Ubeydi goes on to mention we have a hadithain hadith in the ala anna duaat al-muntasibin in al-islam kisman and so within these two hadiths are a proof that the callers to Islam, those that call to Islam are of two types. Now, Ahadahuma Duat al-haq wa'l-basira Faha'aula'i huma al-ladhina yad'u'una al-nas ila ma huwa khayrun lahum fi al maal فهؤلاء لهم عجرهم ومفل عجور من تبعهم وهؤلاء أصوتهم وهؤلاء أفضل أصوتهم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن سبق من نبيين والمرسلين قال صلى الله عليه وسلم إنهم لم يكن نبي قبلي إلا كان حق عليه أن يدل أمته على خير ما يعلمه لهم وينذرهم شر ما يعلمه لهم فهذه عصابة هم الذين تقوم بها أو تقوم بهم الحج على خلق الله حتى يأتي عمر الله تبارك وتعالى وبهم باغي الخير لنفسه تتضح المحج ويسلق الناس البيضاء التي ليلها كالنهارها so this is the first type. So you have those that call to Islam, and when we say those that call to Islam, and du'at to Islam, we mean that those who are Muntasibin, نعم those who ascribe to Islam. So what they are calling to is an ascription to Islam. Whether that's an inscription, which is an ascription upon a Haqq or button, that That is something which is in need of investigation, of course However, what is being discussed is the ascription to Islam Naam, they have two types So the first are the al Haqq and Basira So the first is two types of the callers to the truth And the callers to the way of Basira Naam insight, true insight And these are the individuals that call the people to the affairs that are good for them. Now I'm in good the good affairs for them and situations for their own selves. And so these are the individuals that have the ajal. am the ajal of that calling. And they have the ajal, the reward of those that follow them in that. And these are the individuals that take the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu as their Uswat and hasana, as their good example and they take those who came before him from the Nabiyin and the from the Prophet's and messengers, as their good example as he stated Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a hadith narrated in Sahih Muslim that indeed there was not a Prophet that came before me except that it was the right upon him that he guided or he directed his nation to that which was good from the affairs that he knew of for them. And he warned them against their evils from that which he knew for them. And so this group, this, this, this group of du'at, at the head of them there are Nabiye and Mursaleen this group of du'a's is called to the truth they are individuals that make the affair upon hujjah upon clear evidences Until until the command of Allah comes for other than that and they call upon a way that is clear and they direct their people up to a path that is a clear white way his night is like his day and no one would, uh, no one would deviate from it except that they are destroyed So that's the Qismul Awl, that's the first Wal Thani the second type, the second group Duaatul Dalala wal Hawa what الناس it to وهم Roda? Whom I من a in Heraf for Ma Aswa Okubati And so the second group. Is the dua of dalala the callers to misguidance and the callers to desires, and those that lead and direct their people to the displeasure. And they are a group that are upon evil. And they are people that lead our leaders and lead the people towards inhiraf, deviation? And what is more of an evil recompense that they carry the evil deeds of the affair of calling towards this Dalala? whilst carrying the evil of those they have, that they have called them to as well and that there will be nothing deficient from the evil of the one that is called as well as the caller. and Allah Ta'ala knows best and here Shaykh obeyed. he mentions an issue here He mentions the issue here. And he says in relation to this hadith, he says you have the ayah and sult anam. Wallay taza ira, wise ira tun, wizra You have the ayat well, is shuh al najm Allay tazira, Allah ta'ala mention both ayat. And you do not take the bad deed of another individual. But what I the Allah. And so we understand by way of that, these ayatain these two ayat that a person does not take a person does not take the bad deed of another.. So a person may look at the hadith mentioned by the Hadith al bab and the two ayat and say that there is a clear ta'arud Naam there's a clear ta'arud or a contradiction and when you find that amongst the nusurs something that appears to be a contradiction then there's a ma'amala that Ahlul Ilm would embark upon It's a particular ma'amala and action that the Ahlul Im would embark upon in order to bring about a solution There is a manhaj, a tariqah The first of them, if you find two texts that may appear to contradict one another The first of them is that the person seeks to find imkan al-jam' That they seek to harmonize between the two, where both of them are still both of them are still relevant. Now so you look for a situation where both can still be relevant and true and credible. If this is not possible to harmonize between the two, either the contradiction or the, the difference between the, two, between the two is completely opposite. Then you look at the possibility of a nasikh wal mansukh that one of the texts abrogates the other. One of the texts abrogates the other. And how would you know if one text abrogates the other? How would you know, though? So that's one way. Naam, that the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentions, or the Sahaba mentioned, that the Prophet used to allow this. When he no longer does. Naam. Naam for example. Visiting the grapes. And then. And he said I used to forbid this. That allowed it. Naam, that's one example. How's another way that we we, can, uh, we know that one text can abrogate the other? Naam. So something that indicates that one one text came before the other chronologically i.e. time So when, what would that mean then? If we know that one came before the other, what would that mean? The, the, the one which is later abrogates the one, the former, the one that came before and this may be due, this may be down to a mention of a particular occurrence for example a battle and Nabi said this at, the, at this time. Naam, so it's mentioned the tariq. Or something aladi, Yadul So something which indicates the date itself. Na'am? Even if the date itself is not mentioned. you. What if we have we don't have any dates? The names in the chain? Naam. Yes and no. But more yes no. Naam. So if we can't find any dates then we know that we can't we can't differentiate between which one would abrogate the other so we can't say one abrogates the other Naam. So then we have to look at what is known as tarajih understanding and to ascertain which of the texts is stronger than the other which is text is stronger than the other As the brother mentioned from them, is looking at the people in the chain Naam Who in the chain is stronger than the other? Or other than that? Naam Or looking at the text itself, which text is stronger than the other? And if you cannot absolutely find one which is stronger than the other, then what do you do? This is what the ulam are doing From the beginning if, if you remember if, if you differentiate one to the other and you find one stronger than the other, then the other one will be sharp. that would be the that be, that would be looking at which one's stronger than the other, possibly You comment. Possibly, it's depending on the position <laughs> now, no, no. depending on the position now, no, no. so what do you do? So, so, the first thing we see to make jump between the two. If you're not able to, then, then nice to on, so you abrogate the one over the other. If you're not able to do that, you seek to find which is stronger of the two. If you're not able to do that, then what do you do? Not necessarily, what you do, and it's could be considered as a trick question. But what you do is that uh, you have to waqf, so you leave the affair in reality altogether. And Shaykh Obeid, Hafidullah, he mentions that there has not been a mess, any issue where this has ever happened. Allah knows best where it's said that you leave it all off together. Because eventually, you're going to, if you keep looking at the, the text, keep looking, looking, you're going to find one which is stronger than the other. Because if there's any difference, then it's going to be one which is stronger, and Allah knows best. نعم. Going back to this masala, so we have the hadith, the two hadith, and then we have this ayah, na'am two ayat, Naam. and so Sheikh he mentioned that it could be said that there's taarud However, the Sheikh mentions لا the بين الآيتين وحديث الباب hadith al that If Sheikh mentions that the Sheikh mentions that al Sheikh mentions that the Sheikh the Sheikh mentions that mentions that Sheikh mentions he mentioned that there's no there's no contradiction between the two. There's no contradiction. Why? Because the hadith. allahu <laughs> <laughs> أشهد أن محمدا رسول الله. أشهد أن محمدا رسول الله. حيا على الصلاة. حيا على الصلاة. حيا على الفلاح. حيا على الفلاح Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah No So Allah he mentions there is no ta'arud there's no contradictions between the two, between the ayat mentioned and the hadith mentioned. mentioned Rather, that which is mentioned within the two ayat is am, is genuine Whilst the hadith, which is what was mentioned within the hadith is khas, is specific So it's furnishing that with the specifics And this is further clarified by the statement of Allah ta'ala, in Surah al ليحلم Kamila كاملة يوم القيامة ومن أوزار الذين يدلونهم بغير علم على ساء ما يزرون. and this is even made this is made even clear by way of the saying of Allah wa taala and they carry the evil deeds in totality on يوم القيامة from the أوزار from the evil deeds of the people that they led astray without knowledge. And indeed, what an evil affair this is of these evil, of these, of these bad deeds. And Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions, يسير عليهم خطيعة دلالهم في أنفسهم وخطيئة إغوائهم لغيرهم وإقتداء أولئك بهم كما جاء في الحديث من دعا إلى هدى كان له من عجر مفل عجور من تبعه لا ينقص من ذلك من أجورهم شيئا ومن دعا إلى الدلالة كان عليه من عثم نفل آثام من لا ينقص And so Sheikh he goes on to make mention of the statement of Ibn Kathir in the Tafsir of this ayah, that they carried their evil deeds in totality يوم and they carry the evil deeds of those that they led astray without knowledge Now, so this is something which has been ordained upon them Ibn it has been ordained upon them That they will say this And so due to that they will carry their evil deeds And they carry evil deeds for being upon an evil way and calling to evil and then they will carry those of those that they led and those that followed them. Naam, those that followed them in the evil. Why? Because they, put, they, they traversed or they became upon a way of, of error due to their misguidance. Naam, and them leading them to a, this way of misguidance. And the people came upon error due to the fact that they were taken as examples and fell into misguidance. Just as you find in the hadith, and Ibn Kathir mentions the hadith of this chapter, that whoever calls to guidance, then he has the reward. Just as the reward of those that follow him, and and it will not be rendered deficient in any of them. And whoever calls to guidance, then he has the reward of them and the role of those that follow him in that, without it being when deficient in any of the two of them and whoever calls the misguidance then he has the evil deed or the blame of that and the blame of anyone that follows him in that without the, the blame or the sin be rendered, rendered deficient in any of the two of them and Sheikh Obaid he concludes by mentioning and by way of this sta- these statements and by way of this ayah this removes any misunderstanding that there, is a defic- if there, that there is a deficiency or there is a contradiction between the hadith of this chapter and the previous mentioned two ayats. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Wa bihad al qadbi in the Allah ta'ala, naqtafi, inshallah ta'ala. Wa salallahu wa barak, ala nabi'na Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahabi sallam. And inshallah, I believe tomorrow we'll continue. Naam, tomorrow we'll continue with some more of the ahadith in the chapter. Jazakumullahu khaira. Barakallahu That's sufficient, because the person has, he has um, done everything to the best of his ability. So he's encouraged him to do it. But just as you encourage him to do something upon a, certain, a particular way, but now you know that this is bartered, for whatever reason you know it's bartered, and you clarify why it's bartered and why it's evil and everything else, it's upon the person to accept it. Again, or something we mentioned previously, Hidayas of two types, guidance of two types. Naam. Hidayat to Tawfiq wa Hidayah to Irshad. Hidayat to Tawfiq is from Allah. That Allah gives a Tawfiq for a person to accept the truth. Hidayat to Irshad is directing someone towards that truth. That is the only thing that we are responsible for, is directing someone towards that truth. As for the Allah ta'ala guiding him and giving him Tawfiq to accept the truth, this is not, this is not in our hands. Naam. The there's someone accepting the guidance. It's from Allah Ta'ala alone. So all you can do is convey. Just as a person conveys evil, naam, once it's becomes clear to him that's evil and for whatever reason it's become clear to him, he conveys that, as e- that this is evil now and he rules against it and he, and he uh, encourages good. And that's all, that's all that's upon the person to do. Inshallah. Naam no. Now. Uh, the answer to the question is yes and yes, yes and yes. It reminds me of something else as well. We was was discussing in the very first lesson yesterday. We discussed in uh, Sahih Bukhari, and we said, you know, that his mould his manhaj, was what. Nam. And generally speaking, of generally, what was the man had to He wanted to What hadith? what kind of ahadith? Sahil <laughs> <laughs> ahadith. But was the book called Sahih <laughs> Bukhari? So then the homework is to tell me what the book was called, Inshallah. Two. Two homeworks, alhamdulillah. <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> Zakhruhna khairah. Sallallahu alayhi And the Bina Muhammad. Wa alayhi sallam. Zakhruhna